0: Oh, why? how you doing? You good? Hey, you can stay standing for a moment. Hey, Overflow, good to have you back there. Behind the garage doors. Come on, God's up to some stuff around here. You feeling good? Hey, look to your neighbor and say, you look pretty good tonight. Look to the neighbor you ignored and say, you, I... seen worse, but I've seen better. I don't know. Kind of in between. Hey, anybody? I know Zach did Anybody? It's your first time in the house tonight? First time? Somebody? Okay. What's your name? April. April, where are you from? Commerce City. Anybody from Commerce City? <laughs> no, but you are. Hey, good to have you, April. Give it up for Hey, y'all love on April tonight. Hey, my name is Andrew Matrone, and I am one of the Young Adults Pastors here on staff. I love this place. I love what I get to do. Uh, But welcome to week two of our series, Ready For It. Everyone say, Ready For It. Like I said last week, Ready For It is not a question, are you ready for it? Ready For It is a statement saying that no matter what comes my way, I will be ready for it. I'm not going to wait for the storm to come before I respond, I'm going to prepare myself so when the storm does come here, I will be ready for it, amen? Amen. Last week we talked about how God has a plan for your life, but so does the enemy. And a battle ensues for your spirit, for your soul, for your attention. And so we're talking about that we are in a daily battle, and so how do we set ourselves up to win the daily battle? And so recognizing as a believer that you are in a battle, but God gives us every tool to not only fight the battle, but win the battle. Amen. Amen. And so I gave this little equation last week. Does anybody remember it? One. Dear Lord, I got to get better. His strength plus his armor plus my preparation equals what? victory his strength i can't do it in my own strength my own accord his armor is not a physical battle so i can't fight it with physical weapons so i need his armor plus my preparation plugging into the power source of god to receive his strength and his armor equals victory and so tonight i'm going to talk about what i believe is the greatest weapon as we enter into this warfare in the storms of life and i'll be reading out of ephesians 6 again the same passage we, we used last week but i'll be diving a little bit deeper into it so i'm gonna reason it is eight verses you're good all right it says this finally let the mighty strength of the lord make you strong put on all the armor that god gives so you can defend yourself against the devil's tricks we are not fighting against humans we are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of the darkness and powers in the spiritual world so put on all the armor that god gives So when that evil day comes, you will be able to defend yourself. And when the battle is over, you will be standing firm. Be ready. And it says, this is what we put on. It says, let the truth be like a belt around your waist. And let God's justice protect you like armor. Your desire to tell the good news about peace should be like shoes on your feet. Let your faith be like a shield. And you will be able to stop all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let God's saving power be like like a helmet. And then tonight, and for a sword, use God's message that comes from the Spirit. For a sword, use God's message that comes from the Spirit. The title of tonight's message, if you're taking notes, is The Word is My Weapon. The Word is My Weapon. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, that you brought all these people here safe. Um, and, Lord, I know that people have maybe gone to hell and back this year already, uh, and maybe even today. But you know what? They're still standing. They still walked into this room to experience the presence of God. And, Lord, your power is strong. Your grace is strong. And, Lord, we trust you. And, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us all so uniquely tonight. Lord, you create us all uniquely. And so you're going to speak to us uniquely tonight. So, Lord, we love you. We trust you. We ask all it's your name. Everybody said amen hey hug someone's neck on your way down tell me you love them tell me you love them question does anybody know what this is this is your bible For all those of you who said it, you are already one point above everybody else tonight. So this is the Bible. And I just want to take a moment to talk about a few different things about the Bible, because believe it or not, there are some people in here who have maybe never read their Bible and don't really understand what the Bible is. Okay, So the Bible is a collection of books. Okay, so it's not just one book, it's a collection of books. It's 66 books, and it's divided by the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books, and the New Testament has 27 books. Cool. All right. So the Old Testament is a story of God's creation and the story of God's relationship with the Israelites, and his goal was to redeem them back to him. But it ends at the end of the Old Testament where we need a little help. The Israelites need a little bit of help. And so that's when the New Testament comes in, where Jesus comes to redeem all of God's people. And so the New Testament is about the life of Jesus, it's about his death, it's about his resurrection. And then the New Testament is about the start. Of the church, and then all the letters of the New Testament help us live a Christian life. So that's Old Testament, New Testament. There are 40 different authors of the Bible. Maybe you're like, I thought God wrote the Bible. That's a, that's a real thought that someone might have. No, it was 40 authors, human, uh, flawed people, just like you and me, wrote the Bible. And it happened over a 1,500-year period. So from when the, when the first word was written until the last period, it was written over 1,500 years. This Bible was written all over the place. It was written in different cities and countries. It was written in prisons and while traveling. It was written on islands, okay? It was written all over the place. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew and a little bit of Aramaic. The Greek, or the New Testament, was written in Greek. But now the Bible has been translated into 3,500 different languages and counting. That's amazing, right? And then not only are there all those languages, there are hundreds and hundreds of different versions, okay? So the English translation alone has over 200 versions of the Bible, like King James or NIV or The Message. And the reason why we have so many different versions is because as the English language has progressed, so have the different versions to speak a little bit more clearly to the time of life and the season of life that you are in, in the 21st century. The Bible is consisted of over 800,000 words, which would take someone in one setting 70 hours to read. For some of y'all, 170. Hey, C's get degrees, you know what I'm saying? Praise Jesus, let's give a... Clap of praise. Did you know that the Bible is the most shoplifted book ever? Come on, somebody the most shoplifted book ever. You see, the Bible is the most important book ever written. Okay, did you know that the Bible was the first book ever printed? In 1450, in Mainz, Germany, by the Gutenberg Express, the first book that was ever written. It's been said that that this Bible has been sold over 7 billion times worldwide. The The next closest book is 900 million. Nearly 100 Bibles are sold every minute across the world. 150,000 a day, 55 million a year. Uh, the Gideons, it's, it's this uh, group of people who passed out Bibles last year worldwide. They passed out 59 million different Bibles. The UVersion app has been downloaded on over 400 million devices worldwide. It said that 92% of Americans have a Bible in their home, whether it was gifted to them or they bought. Over 300 million Americans have this Bible sitting in their home, whether it's being engaged with or collecting dust, but it is sitting in their home, 92%. I was thinking about it. Why is it that billions of people And not just Christians, but billions of people over thousands of years have bought this book, have downloaded the app, and have even stolen this book. Why is it that billions upon billions of people have bought this book and have read this book and have tried to engage with this book over thousands of years? And here's why I think. Because this book is our connection to our creator. It's our connection to our creator. You see, I believe that every single person has put their faith or believes in a higher power. Every single person, even if you don't believe in God, you still put your faith in something. There are over 4,300 active religions in our world today that over 7 billion people in the world today would say they follow some kind of religion. So even if you think that you came from aliens or monkeys, you still believe in a higher power. You see, Ecclesiastes says that God has set set eternity on the hearts of all men. So every single one of us was born with this innate desire to try to figure out where we came from and where we are going in this life. Therefore, we all feel this innate desire to be connected to the thing that created us. So as Christians, we believe that this is the inspired word of God. This is the inspired book of our creator, and it's his way of connecting, communicating, inspiring, challenging, and encouraging his people. As Christians, we engage with this Bible because it gives us a connection to our creator. Every single one of us was born with this innate desire to figure out who we were created from, and we wanna connect with our creator. Just like if you're someone in here who maybe you were adopted or your father left when you were young. You may not want to admit it, but deep down inside of you, you desperately want to know who created you. You want to feel connected to them, right? In the same way, not just with a physical parent, we want to feel connected to our spiritual father, and that's why billions upon billions upon billions of people continue to buy this book and try to engage with it, because maybe, just maybe, this God out there is my creator, and I want to figure out how to communicate with him. See, you understand something that this Bible is not just history. Okay, this Bible is not just fantasy. This Bible is not just someone's cool opinions. This Bible is the inspired word of God. And whether you believe it or not, God is using this word to try to speak to you and try to speak to me. See, in 2 Timothy, it says this. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Another version says that all scripture is God-breathed. God did not write it, but God spoke through other people and inspired other human beings like you and me to write the words within every single one of these pages. And it goes on to say, It will empower you by its instruction and correction and give you what? strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness the bible is god's way of guiding instructing strengthening and empowering and not only that it is a sword and an indispensable weapon in your fight of your daily battles and the storms that you come across in your daily life amen i think some people are like yeah that sounds cool I, can, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. Because, you know, the, the Bible, it kind of feels like a little bit outdated, right? I, I mean, the, the Bible, I'm in the 21st century, okay? The Bible was written forever ago. I don't really feel like the Bible is very relevant to my current life and my current situation. I don't really believe that the Bible is applicable to the kind of things that me as a 20-something in the 21st century is experiencing. The Bible doesn't really speak specifically to my specific situation. And you know what? You, you, you're right on a lot of levels. The Bible was, is old and was written by a bunch of dead people. The, the, the Bible doesn't specifically speak directly to the situation or the circumstance that you find yourself in. But maybe that was never the purpose. Maybe there's more to to why the Bible was created and why God inspired it so that you might read it today. And I want to give you just, I believe there's a bunch of things, but I just want to give you a couple of reasons why I believe that the Bible can speak to you and do something for your life that you never thought it could possibly do. The first thing is this, is the Bible, it guides your life. Write that down. The Bible, it guides your life. Let's go back to that verse in Timothy. It says, it will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light upon my path. Another version says, revelation of your word makes my path clear. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and it guides me. So the more that I understand your word, the more that it begins to guide me and make my path clear. Have you ever tried to walk around in the dark before? Right, like in the middle of the night you stub your toe and you say words come out of your mouth that you didn't know existed, right anybody? It's really difficult walking in the pitch black if you don't have something or someone guiding you. Okay, my son, he'll be four years old in like two weeks. And he, he's amazing. He's a little turd, uh, but he's amazing. Uh, but my, my son has, I don't know what it is about my son, but he, he loves to put stuff on top of his head and walk around. Uh, he, every time we, we get a, a new box of pull-ups, he'll take out the pull-ups and he'll throw them aside and then he'll put the box of pull-ups on his head and he'll just walk around. And we're just watching like, you are your mother's child. Or sometimes he'll put a, a, a blanket on top of his head. I think I have a picture of him. He'll, he'll put a little, little blanket on his head and he'll walk around and try to like scare you. Okay, but the, the other day, he, me and my wife, we're, we're in our kitchen and we're talking and we're hanging out and, and all of a sudden like we hear this loud thud and my son just like burst out in tears. And we go running in there and my son is literally sitting on the ground with a box on his head crying. <laughs> And come to find out, he was walking around, and he just blasted his face right on the corner of the wall. And so I said, "Abe, hey, listen, come here, bud. Um, you, you can't, you can't do that." Uh. So I'm like, "Hey, Dad, Daddy's gonna take the box, and we're we're not gonna do that." And he started losing it. He's like, "No, I want the." Oh, put the box on my head, Dad, don't take the box. I'm like, okay. I'm like, but we have a deal. So if I put the box on your head, I'm gonna hold your hand and I'm gonna guide you. So that's what we literally do. My son walks around the house with a box on his head, and I guide my son and help him navigate through our house so that he does not get hurt. I was thinking about it this week. We live in a dark world, do we not? Jesus? (laughs) See, we live in a dark world, amen? And sometimes it is difficult for us to navigate everything in our lives. It's difficult for us to navigate all of the relational stuff that comes our way. It's difficult for us to navigate all the financial stuff that comes our way. It's very confusing, where do I go, what do I do? It's very difficult to navigate all the mental health stuff that I'm experiencing on the daily. That's why the Bible says that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. That your revelation creates space for me to know where I am going. You see, we still live in a dark world. I still can't see everything. I still can't see all your faces, but what I can see is the path right in front of me. See, the Bible says that the word, it directs our steps. See, listen, here's what I've understood, is that the, the, the more that I read, the more that God reveals. And the more that God reveals, the more I begin to understand. And the more I begin to understand, the more clear the path for my life begins to be. You see, listen, the Bible, it helps us to decipher right from wrong. It gives us wisdom and knowledge and discernment when we come across situations that we don't know what to do or how to act or how to live. The Bible helps us decipher and give us some wisdom and direction in our lives. You see, there's a lot of different paths in this life that you can take, but the Bible gives you a very clear path and a direct path of where God is calling you to go. You see, Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to God's word and walking in its truths? How can a young person in their 20s stay on the path of purity? Stay, stay on a path of, of, of righteousness and godliness the way that God calls you to walk out your life. See, last week, we talked about that you are in the middle of a spiritual warfare and that God has a plan for your life, but so does the enemy. And the enemy, all he's trying to do is trying to steal from you, kill from you, destroy your life, and set up roadblocks within your life, that you are in the middle of a spiritual battle that every single day as a 20-something, you have so much at your disposal, so many things that you could do, go so many different paths, live so many different ways, but how does a young person stay on the path of purity? By walking according to the word of God. A lot of different things trying to take you off the path that God has placed in front of your life. So the Bible, it helps guide us through our life. When I don't know where to go, Everything seems murky. Everything seems dark. Well, at least I have the word of God that's helping direct step by step by step by step. So it helps guide your life. The second thing is the Bible helps you fight temptation. The Bible helps you fight temptation. Understanding the word of God will help you fight the words of the enemy. Understanding the truth of God will help you understand the counterfeit Satan. Help. The more you understand God, the more you'll, you'll, you'll begin to see and understand the lies of the devil. You see, Jesus is, is a beautiful example of that the word of God helps you fight temptation. So when Jesus was 30 years old, okay, so 30, all right, you, you still haven't done some things in your life. Well, Jesus didn't start his ministry until 30, amen. You got some time. So Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry, And right before he started his ministry, Jesus was baptized. But then right after he was baptized, he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. And so he had this engagement for 40 days. He was without food. 40 days and 40 nights. And Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted. But every time the enemy would come to him and try to tempt Jesus, what did Jesus use? Jesus used scripture. Jesus himself, let's let's read it for a moment. It says this. This is in Matthew 4. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written in the word of God, the inspired word of God. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then it says the devil left him. The devil left him. See, in in James, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. When we submit ourselves to God, when we submit ourselves to the scripture God and the authority that is written in this word, we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. You see, you have to understand something. There are several pieces of God's armor, but only one weapon of offense. Now, everything we read in there is, is armor of God, but God gives us one weapon, and it's a sword, and it's the word of God. And a sword, yes, you can use to defend, but a sword is used to attack and to kill and to destroy. You know, as a believer, you don't have to be passive. You don't have to sit back while the enemy takes a hold of your life. You don't have to be a Christian who's always reactive, that God has given you a weapon to fight the things that the enemy throws your way, that you can you can be proactive and fight and stand your ground say, whatever have you got of me? I have the greatest weapon in the world, the Word of God. So you can throw your physical stuff at me. You can throw your spiritual stuff. You can throw your emotional, your mental, but I have the Word of God. And the more I engage with the Word of God, the more the enemy flees from me. You see, I've learned this in my life over and over and over again. My deep need for the Word of God. The older I've gotten, the more I understand the need of Scripture and the need of the Word of God. I've gone through some pretty serious, intense battles in my life, all the way up until 31. I shouldn't have told you that I'm 31. Dear Lord. <laughs> but I've gone through some pretty serious battles in my life. And the more that I go through and the older I get, the more I see my deep need for the Word of God. It's become a part of who I am because I've learned that without it, I lose the greatest weapon the Lord has given me to fight the daily battles of my life. Listen, I know I stand up here with a mic and I know you're like, he's perfect. (laughs) He looks perfect, so he must act perfect. You could laugh, dear Lord, I wouldn't be serious. Maybe. I have daily battles that I fight. I I, I daily fight to be the husband who God has called me to be. I I, I daily fight the battle of of being the father that I know that my son needs me to be. I fight daily battles of lust. I fight daily battles of pride. I fight daily battles just like you do. Me and you are nothing, uh, and we're not different at all. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory, God. We all have our battles, Right? But I've, I've, I've seen my need for the word of God. And because of this, for me, every single morning I've understood something. That before I spend time in the world, I need to spend time in the word. Before I spend time in the world, I gotta spend time in the world. You know b- why? Because the world is filled with a lot of noise. Filled with a lot of noise. But you get to decide the noise that you allow to infiltrate your heart and infiltrate your soul. You, you know what's beautiful about God? Is that his mercies are new every single morning. Did you know that? that our, our world loves the, loves the new year because it's new year, new me, but we get a new start every single day if we want to. That His mercies are new, so I don't care what the past few weeks of your life have looked like, but you can have a fresh start tomorrow morning when you open up your eyes. I believe it. But here's the thing that we do oftentimes, is that his mercies are new every single morning, but oftentimes, instead of getting into the word, we get into the world. So we have an awesome night like tonight where God does something so cool and you have this awesome moment of worship, God speaks to you, and then you wake up tomorrow morning, instead of getting into the word, engaging with God, you engage with the world and you open up Instagram. And all of a sudden, before you even get out of bed, there is a war waging in your soul because you are comparing yourself to everybody else. The Lord wants to do something in your life today, but you are already in the middle of a spiritual warfare because you open up that DM from that guy that you know you shouldn't have. Amen. Am I preaching? Amen. You see, we, God gives us this moment to have these new mercies, and then we let the, the voice of the world outweigh the voice of God let the voice of the world outweigh or distract the voice of God. Listen, I'm not strong enough to always have the right attitude to fight temptation, to fight my battles without the power and the strength that comes from the word of God. So you get to choose every single morning. Do I engage with the world first or do, do I engage with the word? You get to choose. But the thing is that we have to set ourselves up for success, right? Because last week you talked about that victory loves preparation. The more prepared I am, the greater chance of victory that I have. And so can, can I just share with you a little bit of, of, of what I do when it comes to um, engaging with the word of God, maybe to give you, give you some thoughts. Can I do that? This isn't to toot my own horn, by the way. So for me, because I have such issues when I wake up in the morning with so many different things, my, my preparation starts the night before Okay, so the night before, what I do is I literally pick out the clothes I'm going to wear. Okay, I, I, I pack my gym bag. I get all my stuff ready because I don't want to wake up the next morning and stand in front of my closet for 15 minutes trying to decide what I'm going to wear, even though I'm going to wear the same exact thing that I wear every other single day. But I'm trying to eliminate as many things as possible so that I can engage with the word of God. And so I try to set myself up for success. I try to win the day the night before. So some of y'all need to do that tonight. Pick out what you're gonna, what you're gonna wear so that you can wake up tomorrow and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. And then what do I do? I, I go and I, that morning I wake up and I start my pot of coffee. Again, I have it poured, ready to go. And I just click brew, okay? <laughs> and then I make my son his Paw Patrol waffle. Don't judge me, he eats waffles for breakfast. It's Paw Patrol waffle, and then I make my wife two eggs and hash browns because she's, she's pregnant and she feels sick every morning. So I make her two eggs and hash browns, okay? So my family's set, they're ready to go. And then what I do is I sit down with the word of God in my coffee. It's, 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 it's what I do every single morning. There's, there's me, there's my little son, okay? Watching Paw Patrol. That's my spot every single morning. And so what, what I do is, is I sit down And I sit down in that spot every single day and I say, God, speak to me through your word. God, what are you trying to speak to me? Sometimes God gives me crazy revelation. Sometimes God doesn't give me much of revelation at all. Sometimes I get an hour in the word that morning. Sometimes I get 10 minutes. Just depends on what my son wants to do to me that day. And I always have a book that I'm going through. Okay, so I I don't wake up in the morning and be like, man, God, what do you want me to read today? And just, Lamentations. Crap. I guess it was the Holy Spirit. I just opened to it. So you can't get tattoos. Crap. I have tons. You can So, So I always have a book that I'm going through. Okay, so, so that, and, and I read as many chapters in that morning I can, and then the next day when I wake up, I open right back up and I start back where I left off. Oftentimes, I read uh, one passage in, in the New Testament and then I, I read a proverb of the day. So there's 31 days, or 31 chapters in Proverbs, so whatever day of the week it is, I read that chapter. So it's Proverbs, it's, it's January 16th today, so I read Proverbs 16. Okay, so those are some things that I do. And, and listen, the reality is, is people always ask me, how do you come up with your sermons? How do you come up with your thoughts when it comes to scripture? Listen, this is how I do it. I I engage with with the word of God. I I don't get my inspiration from other books or or podcasts. I don't don't really listen to podcasts. I get my inspiration from the word of God. And when I'm reading there, God begins to speak to me and I read that text over and over and over again until God gives me the words that I feel he needs me to hear and then maybe for you to hear. And so that's what happens every single morning in my daily routine. See, I've learned that the more I read, the more God reveals, and the more I read, the more that it makes sense. This is a lifelong journey of you engaging with your creator in the word of God. Okay, you could read for the next couple years and have a really difficult time understanding it. But this is a lifelong journey of you engaging with the word of God and your creator, and the more you read, the more that he will begin to reveal to your heart. And so a lot of us, we have to do what works best for us. Find your own rhythm. Okay, whatever version might work for you. There's tons of different versions, but we can put these versions up here. All sorts of different versions. There we go. Nope, sometimes he shouts, sometimes. It... Do we not have the versions? Huh? We do, we do have... Oh, there they are. So, <laughs> production, you're freaking awesome. Uh, ESV, NIV, CEV, NLT, message. Listen, uh, someone's like, what what, what version should I read? Which one are you reading? Read that one, okay? Read that version. Listen. the, the goal of reading the word of God is to transform your life to be more like Jesus. Okay? So whatever version you're reading if it's transforming you to be more like Jesus, keep reading that one, okay? Some people might like to hate on certain versions saying that's not literal. Okay, listen. If someone's fighting you on the on the version that you're reading, they love theology more than they love Jesus, okay? So listen, It doesn't matter. Whatever's speaking to you, read that version, okay? Um, Whatever time works for you, whatever app. uh, Zach, you can walk through the apps at the end. But there's so many different apps that you can engage with your Bible on the go. Is that cool? A few more minutes. So I think the the, the big question for a lot of people is, okay, great, So, so say that I... I engage with the word of God. I say that I wake up every single morning, I do that. How do I know if God is speaking to me? How, how do I know if God's speaking to me? And, and, and let me just give you, give you one little thought here. Sometimes God shouts, sometimes he whispers. Sometimes he shouts, sometimes he whispers. First, sometimes God shouts. Not like he shouts or yells, he just He tells you things loud and clear. For example, someone in your days says something or does something hurtful to you. And you say, well, I better pray about it to see if God wants me to forgive that person. Well, all throughout the word of God in Ephesians, it says, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. You don't need to ask God if you need to forgive that God has already talked to you about this loud and clear. It's it's, it's written in there, forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Or maybe it's like, man, I really like this person, but we don't share the same values. They're not a believer. Is it okay for me to date a non-Christian? And God says in 2 Corinthians through Paul, he says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. He says it there extremely loud and clear. Listen, there's so many different aspects of our lives where God is speaking to us loud and clear, but if you are not reading, engaging with it, you won't see it or hear it. Therefore, you won't be able to live it out the way that God calls you to live it out. So sometimes God shouts, and then sometimes God whispers. Sometimes God whispers. Oftentimes God whispers about the more personal details of our lives that are different for all of us. Like, what what, what should I do with my life? What career path should I take? Should I continue to date this person? Is this relationship healthy for me? See, I've never read in the Bible anywhere that it says, take this job. Date this person. Do this. And it's frustrating because we want God to to just answer us exactly through his word of God. But sometimes God whispers, look, have you ever just read your Bible and had this moment where God just like all of a sudden spoke so clearly to you? And it wasn't even you read something that really even pertained to your situation, but God used the Word of God as His inspired book to speak clearly to you. What's beautiful is that a hundred of us could read one passage and God could speak to every single one of us differently based off of your unique situation. So sometimes God shouts, but also sometimes God whispers. You see, the word you have to understand is not only a sword for your battles, but is a sword for your soul. Hebrews 4.12 says this, God's word is alive and powerful. Other versions say it's alive and active. The word of God is not dull. The word of God is not dormant. It is alive and active and it has transcended every single generation possible and will continue to through the times. God's word is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. His word can cut through our spirits and souls and through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and thoughts of our hearts. So the word of God, oftentimes when we get in the word and we begin to read it, and we begin to engage with it, all of a sudden the, the more we read, the more that God begins to reveal to us and speak to us and whisper, and he judges our, our thoughts, and, and he, but he helps guard us, and, and he speaks to us, and he challenges us, and he convicts us, and he teaches us, and he trains us. But if you're not engaging with the word of God, you'll never be able to hear the quiet whisper of God's voice. So sometimes God shouts, sometimes he whispers. As I close here, just have one thought for you. You guys good? All right. All right. Good, good, good. I do weird head movements sometimes, sorry. I came across this story a few years ago of this this missionary who was a missionary to to China and he took all these trips to to China and and at this it was in the 1980s and it's still like this somewhat in, in China today but but in the 80s so many Christians were being persecuted so Christians were being persecuted all over China and uh all their churches were underground. They could do nothing in public. So every church was an underground church and they were not allowed to have Bibles. If they were found with a Bible, they would be imprisoned. And so these missionaries, what they would do is these missionaries, they would smuggle Bibles in all of their luggage, in the different compartments of their luggage, and they would, they would smuggle Bibles to these missionary, or to these people in China, these underground churches. And oftentimes what would happen is is, is these people in China, they would get the book, and if they could only maybe get a few books at a time, what they would do is they would rip out the the page, like the certain pages of a certain book, and each person would take a a certain book of the Bible, one of the 66 Bibles. And then what they would do is they would take the Bible back to their house, and they would begin to to transcribe it themselves. They would begin to rewrite the Bible and then they would pass it to the next person. That person would write it, and then they would write the next book. And so that's, they were literally scribes in the 1980s and before that. That's how they were getting the Bible all over the country of China. And so there's this beautiful story of this missionary who goes to China and smuggles all of these Bibles in to this group of Chinese people who had never seen or touched a physical Bible. And so I wanna show you a video of it. Check this out. 的感謝。you guys stand your feet. That's powerful, huh? Man, I. I read a little bit more up on that story and when that woman was saying this is just what we needed the story goes that she, what she was saying was that we have faced so much persecution and this is just what we need to continue in this fight. It's just what we need. Listen, you, you, you know what's amazing is that you can be a Christian and, and, and never read your Bible. You, you don't have to. Those people were amazing men and women of faith, but had never even touched a Bible or seen a Bible. You can be a Christian and not ever touch a Bible, but you're missing out on the greatest weapon that God gives you to fight the anxieties of this world, to fight the depressions of this world, to fight the relational and financial crisis of your world. This is your greatest weapon. Can I I just tell you that this is what you need the most? Okay, listen, there are a lot of other things that you have allowed to be the authority in your life. Okay, you've allowed other people, bloggers, pastors, the Enneagram, whatever to be the ultimate authority of your life. But guess who? Guess who created the minds to create the Enneagram? God did. And so you want someone to speak to you about your life and your certain situation and where you find yourself. It's the inspired word of God. This is what you need the most to fight the physical and spiritual and mental, emotional battles of this world today. Amen. This is what you need the most. So what does your life look like with this? How do you fight this battle? Listen, you are in a battle, whether you want to admit it or not. You're in a battle. But God gives us every tool to not just fight the battle, but to win it. And my word is my weapon. We pray for you, Lord. I thank you so much for everybody in this room. God, you are a good God, you're a faithful God. Lord, we just trust you. Gotta believe, Lord, that you want to use the word, Lord, to speak to us and challenge us. Lord, I pray that we would engage with the word in such a powerful way. Lord, I pray that so many people would say in January 16th of 2020 was when I got serious about the word of God. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I never want to uh, preach a sermon and not give someone an opportunity to respond to this Jesus that's in the word of God that the Bible is an ultimate love story of God redeeming his people back to him. But humans owed a debt that we could not pay. And so God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the ransom for the debt that we could not pay. So Jesus went to the cross, but three days later rose from the dead. And if we put our faith in Jesus, we'll not only have new life here on earth, but for eternity in heaven. And the only way for us to get to heaven is through our faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible is the ultimate story of Jesus, his death, his his life, his death, and his resurrection. So, you're in here tonight, you don't have a relationship with God, but you'd like to start one. Say, Andrew, I don't really know what this means, but I know that I feel like my heart just beating out of my chest. And you know that it's God speaking to you, but you want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time. If that's you, would you raise your hand in this room so I can pray for you? Praise Jesus. I see you, bro wow, come on, come on, wow, praise Jesus, come on, amen, amen, come on, y'all give a shout of praise, the Bible says that when one person comes home, the angels celebrate that God left the 99 for the one, amen, hey, can we give Jesus a shout of praise across this place, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, everybody said, amen, let's worship. Thank you so much for watching today. If you enjoyed today's message, make sure and click to subscribe for all of our weekly sermons. If you're local, we'd love to have you join us on a Thursday night. If not, make sure to go to Facebook Live and stream us every week on Thursday nights. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.